0: Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes are not quite nerds but not quite noobs. Choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I've got Brian on the phone with me, and on this week's episode we're going to be talking about the 2022 horror film Men, written and directed by Alex Garland and starring Jesse Buckley and Rory Kinnear. In this film, following the death of her soon-to-be-divorced husband, a woman's attempt to seek solitude, in the countryside takes a turn for the worst. If you're new to the show, we're going to take uh, the top of the episode to review the background and trivia of the film. Then we'll take a quick musical break and we'll dive into the plot hit some spoilers and get into our review. But before we get into that, we've got a follow-up on the draft results from last week. Uh, for those of you who tuned in last week, it was our fourth year anniversary special. Brian and I put together a draft list you guys all voted either on Facebook, Twitter, or on Discord. And now, Brian, it sounds like you might have some results in for us.
1: Yep, yep. We competed each against each other in a horror movie draft. Uh, it was an epic battle. It, it, I thought, for those of you that remember the episode, I thought for sure I was going to lose. But it was oh, much closer than I thought. It was an epic battle that looked like it could go either way. It teetered back and forth. Mm-hmm. And with 51% of the vote, the winter is. The winter is. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm just stalling. Ashwin. Ashwin, Ashwin you ah, won. Ah, no kidding. Really? You won by two votes. Oh, that's incredible. 51% of the vote. Wow. I can't believe it was that close. We were neck and neck. Yeah. That's and it was crazy. weird, too, because it was like you were winning on Twitter, I was winning on Discord, Facebook was kind of unclear.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's so telling about the personality types on each channel, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Everyone, so I think people got a little confused by the concept. They were saying, like, which movies in each category they they wanted, um, Yeah, which was interesting and insightful. But the uh, yep. point of the exercise was, to, like, pick the list that you thought was the strongest list. And a lot of and people it- did both.
0: Yeah, you were able to kind of deduce, right, like, uh, basically it w- w- for the people who did Pick a Movie. Yeah, I had like to do some math.
1: The entire problem is of- down comes down to the fact that Facebook won't let you do a poll. Oh, yeah, that's frustrating. Facebook
0: is the worst. It really is, man. It's not really conducive. It hasn't kept up with the times. No, it hasn't. Um, but, but anyway. Dude, that's that's insane. I, I can't believe that. I, I could have sworn I was going to lose that one.
1: It was incredibly Uh, close. I mean, I think the biggest things, I don't know. I mean, it came down to people's personal taste. A lot of people were like, I got to go with whichever list has Sleepaway Camp. And a lot of people were like, "I (laughs) have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I got to go with that. And Get Out was a big one on your side. So
0: I know. Once those results started coming in, I I did feel like the second half of my picks were pretty weak. Like going Blair Witch Projects instead of, or you you got Blair Witch Projects and I took VHS or, um, the, like, yeah, you got the Babadook, which which is a big one, especially compared to Sensor. So, yep. yeah, there are there a few where, like, uh, I, I think, it, yeah, I, I could see my second half being a little weaker on the picks.
1: And that, yeah, some people said that, too. They were like, surely I thought Austin would win out of the gate, but then it, Brian started to pick up some, some speed at the end. But anyway. Yeah. Thanks to those of you who voted. We had a ton of fun with that, with that draft format, and, uh. It sounds like you guys did, too, for the most part, so I think we'll definitely do that again sometime.
0: Yeah, we should. That's, that's such a crazy idea, but this was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, and I owe you some Jukebox swag, buddy, so you'd better oh, get on boy. the uh, Jukebox website and pick something out. So excited. Is, there, is everything on the website? It's all there, yeah.
0: Oh, cool. All right, all right. I'll be on there tonight. That's great. Uh, Well, cool, man. That's a sweet victory. That makes my night.
1: Yeah, enjoy it. Until next time. Until next time.
0: Uh, Do you feel uh, bummed by this uh, since you're typically like the bigger horror nerd and like you got the whole like nerd-ubometer or nerd-ubometer? What's it called? Nerd-ubometer.
1: Nerd-ubometer. Nerd-ubometer, yeah. Uh, Is Um, is it? I'm not, yeah, I mean, I'm bummed. I wanted to win. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't feel like this reflects poorly on me as a person. Yeah, It's just... uh, I'll Although I did, I did uh, looking back, listening to myself, I I think I made some strategical errors. Mm, interesting. So I'll be uh, I'll be better prepared next time. I'll say all things right. like strategic instead of strategical. It'll be good. <laughs>
0: all right, we'll be in good shape. We'll get all those things out of the way before we get to
1: the <laughs> episode. <laughs> cool.
0: Yeah, I can't. I can believe how close that was. And a uh, great way to uh, to divide up the audience. And uh, I know, like, yeah, some people had a really hard time picking. So it was, yeah. sounds like we yeah. had a good list there.
1: It was fun. Awesome. Some people it was easy as pie and some people it was pretty tricky.
0: Yep, yep. Well, cool. All right. Well, uh, anything else or should we jump into this crazy movie, Men? Let's talk about men. All right. Let's talk about men. So this
1: film is, I guess, folk horror, huh? I contest this genre tag that's been put upon this movie. I did too until I read more about the
0: genre tag but and then I was kind of struggling. Why? Why do you contest it?
1: Yeah, I I'm in the same boat to be honest. At first, I was like, no, not at all. But then I was like, well, okay, maybe. Yeah. You know, it gets a little spoilery to to uh, go into my full analysis of why I contest it, but I'll I'll go into a little bit of it up front, and then we'll we'll go back and and reexamine it after we get through all the spoiler stuff later in the episode.
0: Okay, up front, like being like right now, or a little bit later.
1: Yeah, right, fucking now. Okay, do it. <laughs> so, in the Blood on Satan's Claw episode, we've talked about folklore and what it means in the past and how we're not sure if anybody knows what it means or if we even knows what it know what it means, but in the Blood on Satan's Claw episode, I felt like we had our best explanations of that and discussions of that subgenre, and that discussion happened spoiler-free, so if you want to listen to the first half of the Blood on Satan's Claw episode, people, you don't have to worry about us spoiling that movie. It's one of our least listened to episodes. I don't think many people have seen that movie, but anyway, in that episode, I outlined what I thought were my own personal criteria for something to be a folk horror. Um, because I'm the gatekeeper apparently of what folk horror is, and <laughs> A24 asks me whenever they before they market anything. Um, but paganism. That element is kind of uh, wishy-washy in this film, and that's something I could go into more detail about, but it could get a little spoilery. Um, most folk, folk horror films are about cultures of people with certain beliefs, um, and oftentimes there is a juxtaposition of, like, paganism against Christianity, or just there are certain pagan elements in general, and... Um, And then in the spoiler area of this podcast, we'll talk about whether this movie had that or not. Uh, Mm. Period piece or a culture that lives as if they are not in modern times was one of my other criteria. Uh, I'll go Mm. ahead and say that this movie does not have that. I don't think that's a spoiler. Okay. Another criteria was horror elements that are not restricted to the nighttime, and this movie has that. Mm -hmm. And then my fourth... uh, criteria was that the ecosystem needs to be in the frame a decent amount of the time will be typically like a pastoral or woodsy ecosystem and that movie does have that so or this movie has that so it's very close um yeah i don't contest it as hotly as i did when i first walked out of this movie after reading about this and, and thinking about it more um I, I'm not pissed about it. <laughs> yeah. At first, I was pissed they were calling it folk horror. And now I'm like, I guess I could see it, but I still think no. <laughs> okay, cool. Glad you What do you think? You think yes?
0: No, I was kind of shocked because I, I think I'm with you. Where I assume folk horror has like some kind of satanic element to it uh, and a crowd mentality that you're up against as an outsider. And um, I'm not sure if I saw that here, but yeah, maybe as we talk through the meeting or like what actually went down here, we might uncover some things that. Line to it, but no, yeah, generally it didn't jump out to me as folk horror. Uh, just a woman being out in nature doesn't always strike me as like folk horror, particularly, um, right. or any person. And then, right. Alex and Carlin, I mean,
1: a lot of okay. the, the triad, the unholy trinity, what gave what started the entire folk horror genre is were British films and this takes place in the British countryside. Mm. Um, yeah. so yeah, it, it's easy to call it a folk horror. What was the trial? It was Witch
0: Finders, uh, Wicker Man, and Blood on Satan's Claw.
1: Claw? Yeah, the Witchfinder General, uh, the Blood on Satan's. Yeah, you got it. Blood on Satan's Claw and Wicker Man. And
0: do, do you? I, I know you like uh you like uh the Wicker Wicker Man, but
1: do you like the other two? Um, I wasn't wild about Witchfinder General. I liked the Blood on Satan's Claw. I didn't think it was amazing, but I liked it. I think we both felt pretty much the same about all of these. Oh, okay. Okay. Surprised by how much we liked the Wicker Man, mm-hmm. uh, didn't care for Witchfinder General, and both liked Blood on Satan's Claw, even though it was flawed. From my yeah. memory, that's how we both felt.
0: That sounds about right.
1: Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't know if
0: I'm, I am I would put myself as like a folk horror enthusiast uh, at this point. Uh, would you, or like, what have we seen recently that aligns with folk horror?
1: I can't think of the last one we did that aligns with folk horror, but modern folk horror films, uh, you know, The Witch, Midsommar, um, mm-hmm. Ritual, The Apostle. Okay. No, I Was it called was The right? Apostle? Wait, I think it was called The Ritual and Apostle. I am getting, I can't remember where the does were, but Ritual, mm-hmm. which was like a twenty seventeen movie about dudes hiking, and Apostle, which was about like you know some cult, yeah, starring one of that dude from *Downton Abbey*. Yeah,
0: interesting that Midsommar, um ritual is in there, because yeah, those first three I feel like it was more just like one person being in like a foreign place and up against a bunch of foreigners, uh, versus like uh, the witch Midsummer ritual. It's like a, a a small group, right? That's you're there with like friends or something or family.
1: Yeah, yeah, a bit different, but but still very close. I guess. Okay. Um, right. While we're dikembe matumboing genre tags I would smack the science fiction genre tag off of IMDB as well oh yeah off this one yeah hmm. I mean it's just nothing about it is a sciencey I don't think this is a science fiction film right does it take place in the future by any chance? no I mean there's nothing
0: to indicate that it does on one shot of the city I thought the city looked kind of futuristic um but yeah it was it was like really buried in there. But yeah, otherwise it did seem mostly present times, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, she had a a MacBook Air, she had AirPods, she had a cell phone. It it seemed modern times. Yeah, yeah, good point. But Um, psychological horror through and through, that's what this movie
0: is. It's psychological, okay, yeah, yeah, we can agree on that, sure. Um, Oh, Home Invasion?
1: Uh, Sure, sure. Elements. Yeah,
0: it's going to get crazy when we get into the plot here. I um, know
1: man this is a this is a wild movie. this is it really a strange is. <laughs> movie. <laughs> it, just, people have talked about it on our discord more than I remember them talking about any other movie. Wow. I just assume like no one has seen this movie.
0: But yeah, I mean our great. discord's
1: a unique group and we all kind of influence each other If someone's raving about something everyone else is gonna go see it. It's yeah and it may not even be that everyone went to see it, but it's that there was a lot to talk about.
0: Sure. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Yeah, I caught some of that chatter uh, this morning. Um, uh, Yeah, it was just like pages of it, though. Hard to get through. There
1: are pages. I tried to get through it all the day, and I couldn't.
0: Yeah. Um, This is, like, so I think the sci-fi tag goes back to this being directed by Alex Garland, who I would say until now has uh, had, like, a pretty strong sci-fi focus, right? With, like, Annihilation, Ex Machina, 28 Days, Twenty Days Later, kind of more horror, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, Ex Machina, he directed Ex Machina, Annihilation, and a TV series called Devs, and he wrote the screenplays for 28 Days Later in Sunshine. So, yeah, I mean, big sci-fi background.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, you ever see that show, Devs?
1: No, have you? Yeah, it's actually a really cool one.
0: Um, I, I, I saw the first season. I feel like they haven't come back yet, but I might be wrong.
1: Oh, cool. So I, yeah, I'm intrigued. I, I, I'd say I'll check it out, but you know the way I am with non comedic yeah, TV. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Garland's also a novelist. He, right. his most famous novel is called *The Beach*, which was adapted into a movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio.
0: Yeah, I think I read that book, and
1: I, I used to be a huge fan of this guy. Like, I think he
0: was a, a great writer, and then like, yeah, his works translated to film really well. And uh, *Ex Machina* and, uh, was great. I, I don't, you didn't like *Annihilation* that much, did you?
1: I was, yeah, I was so so on *Annihilation*. I know plenty of people really love that movie. And yeah. to the Annihilation's credit, it has some unforgettable elements, that's for sure. Every single one of his three feature films have unforgettable <laughs> moments, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah. He really knows how to build up a scene. Yes. And, and, and visually as well. He's pretty good at that. Um, and, and, oh, sorry. You, you haven't seen Ex Machina?
1: Oh, I have. I've, actually, oh, yeah. Ex Machina is my favorite film of his.
0: Oh, yeah. That's such a great one. That's yeah. A good one. Yeah. But uh, cool guy. Yeah, I feel like I, I generally like him. And then, uh, did you recognize any of the actors or actresses here?
1: Um, you know, Rory Kinnear seemed vaguely familiar, and I think it's because of his recurring roles in the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Oh. Who's he
0: been in that movie?
1: I can't remember exactly who he- I think he's, like, one of the, like, MI6 experts that consults with Bond about certain things. I can't remember okay. the details, but once I heard that he was in the Bond movies, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. He was also in The Imitation Game, which I saw- yeah. Um, lots of other roles in TV and movies, but some stuff I'm not super familiar with there. He was
0: in that like first Black Mirror episode, I think, uh, as a president. That has Oh, a, okay.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I a, ever saw the first one.
0: Oh, okay, okay. And then, uh, you don't watch the show Our Flag Means Death on HBO? No, nope. Oh, uh, he's in that one. So it's a comedy. You, might, might be worth checking out.
1: Oh, well, there we go. So did you recognize him?
0: Uh, no. <laughs> but it I can't like a... wait
1: to ask you another question later, but <laughs> I won't spoil anything.
0: <laughs> oh, no. You I want to know, know how long <laughs> something in this movie took you
1: to figure out.
0: Uh, This morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So we can talk about that later. Yes, I hope that's the truth. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, And then, yeah, I think the the main actress here, uh, she seems like she's got a lot of, jesse has got a lot of, like, uh, theatrical work under her, has been in, like, some... Pretty, pretty like big uh, acclaimed films, but I don't think I've seen her anywhere. Have you?
1: Uh, no, I've never seen her anywhere either. But she's in the Fargo TV series. She's in I'm Thinking of Ending Things. She was in the Chernobyl TV miniseries, so I'm sure plenty of people recognized her face. Okay,
0: yeah, awesome. And then a twenty four. The last time we saw an a twenty four film, I think was X, um, yeah. which I mean that that just felt like so non a twenty four, didn't it?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, refreshingly non-A24, in my opinion, Agreed. and here we are back to their old tricks.
0: Yeah, this is straight up like that Jony music, crazy filters. Yeah, uh, this is
1: just, this is A24 through and through.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't realize this, but I, I guess that movie you loved, uh, Everything Everywhere All At Once was an A24 film as well.
1: Yeah, it was. That's really cool.
0: So, uh, yeah, they've they've done some interesting stuff this year so far. Um, For sure. Rotten Tomatoes, 70% critic score, 39% audience score, so pretty divided, it sounds
1: like. That is a bad audience score, 39%. Surprising. Yeah, yeah. I guess I not surprising. You know, a little bit of both. Okay. And
0: then um, budget, uh, I yeah, I couldn't see the budget, but it's only gotten like 7.2 million, and it's been out for like almost a month now, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe like two two or three weeks. Yeah, it's okay. uh it was fifth at the box office, it's opening weekend, so it's not doing great.
0: Yeah. It's it's hanging in there, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not not a bomb, but not great. Right. And it's not um, I'm not sure that it really isn't expected to do great. I sometimes yeah. I think I mean A twenty four has a goal and they have an aesthetic and it's all I think, I would guess, an attempt to just round out their image. I mean, not that that's, mm. that sounds cynical, that that's their goal. Like, I do think yeah. they're looking for artistically interesting and oftentimes challenging movies, and this this fits A24, so it's just part of their yeah. portfolio.
0: Yeah, it's a cool uh, gamble that they take, because um, I'm sure, like, everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, probably did pretty well, right? X probably oh, yeah. did very well.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we talked about this, I want to say, maybe we even talked about this on the X episode, that it's just like... I got to imagine it's like long-term investment, like with all the film nerds, every movie like this just increases their status among film nerds, and then they get more interest yeah. and more turnout, and their name gets more talked about. So Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. There's a whole genre of films now just called like A24 films, basically. So right. They exactly. They've succeeded in creating a- Like A24 a new,
1: mind Fox. Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. They've got a reputation. Um, you have any other background you want to go over?
1: Um, not too much more. The music was done by Ben Salisbury and Jeff Barrow, who've scored everything that Garland has directed. Um, oh, okay. The DP is Rob Hardy, who shot all of Garland's films, as well as many others, including Mission Impossible: Fallout, uh, mm. which was a movie I loved. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, that was a good oh, one. Oh man, Kelly and I had so Solid. much fun in the theater um that's all the background i have if you're ready for the ohio connection i'll hit that next let's do it okay every episode we have our friend alex who owns the jukebox bar and restaurant in cleveland ohio connect each movie to our home state of ohio for us uh that is the jukebox where i will be uh, buying some swag for (laughs) Oshvin because he won the horror movie draft and alex says men is a folk horror film written and directed by alex garland It follows a widowed young woman who goes on a solo holiday in the English countryside but becomes disturbed by the men in the community. It was edited by Jake Roberts, whose film credits include Brooklyn, The Hitman's Bodyguard, and Hell or High Water, for which he was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Editing. His editing work on this film was further recognized by other organizations as he was additionally nominated by the American Cinema Editors Awards, Independent Spirit Awards, and the Central Ohio Film Critics Association – an organization located in Columbus, Ohio. Nice. <laughs> Good for them. I wonder, like, does thing. every state have one of those that, that yeah. nominates people?
0: It sounds like Ohio might have a few. If there's a central one, is it like a northeast right, one yeah. or a
1: southwest one?
0: <laughs> that's yeah. That's fascinating.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Central Ohio Film Critics Association. <laughs> I know. wonder
0: if we're on their list anywhere. Oh no. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> their
1: list of people who are not
0: critics Yeah, exactly. (laughs) These two guys from Ohio. All right, great connection. Thanks, Alex. And uh, yeah, looking forward to that jukebox swag. So, all right, um, let's get into the plots and uh, the spoilers, and we'll go into what I'm sure will be a lengthy discussion on a review here. But uh, do you mind if we take a quick break? I I just got to use the restroom really quick.
1: Sure, man. Go ahead and take that break.
0: All right, great. I'll be right back. Hey, Brian. Sorry about that. I'm back.
1: Everything go okay in the restroom?
0: Uh, not not that great, actually. Uh, I had a small accident where uh, I got stuck in the zipper. Um, so instead of, like, pulling it down or pulling it out, I just, um, I tried pulling it out while it was still stuck. So now I guess I'll, I'll be peeing in, like, two separate directions uh, <laughs> at once, which I guess is cool, right? <laughs> I
1: think... Oh, Dude, what a wonderful, wonderful way to <laughs> tie the break into this movie. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, hit on of... what it means to be a man and a uh, crucial <laughs> uh, scene in the movie at the same time. Exactly, in one
0: swoop. The stupidity of man, what it is to be a man.
1: And, <laughs> and, and one fell's whip. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> All right. So, yeah, this film, uh, it opens with our main character. It's a woman named Harper. She, the opening scene is her watching her husband fall from a window to his death, and she, after seeing this, she decides to leave the city and go to the country for some solitude to recover. She drives out to the this country house, uh, it's a small guest house that is owned by this dude named Jeffrey. Upon entering, she eats an apple from a tree, Jeffrey gives her a tour of the guest house, and then he leaves. What did you think of this whole setup and uh, the characters, uh, the screen? What was going on?
1: Everything here. I liked the setup. Um, I this was uh, an embarrassing moment for me because the Crimes of the Future preview came on and I left the theater so I wouldn't get anything spoiled. <laughs> and by the time I walked back in, the movie was already playing. But oh, luckily, I, I I missed maybe like the opening shot, but I got the gist that she was. Standing there, watching uh, someone fall from from above her, which I later learned was her husband. But, yeah, um, in like slow motion, right? Yeah, yeah, and very stylized shot, very red lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever they flash back to their apartment, it's very red. Yeah, um, I liked it. I, I thought that uh, the that Rory Kinnear as Jeffrey was like. A weird mix of charming and off putting and ominous. Uh it was a cool setup and um boy, I'm starting to I'm trying to think of a performance. Oh, the person I want to parallel Jesse Buckley's performance to is Rebecca Hall's performance in the night house. Oh, interesting. Just very real, very likable. She just feels like somebody you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison. Very natural. That makes a lot of sense. And, uh, a very similar setup, like, a, a woman alone in a house, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, right, after but, the loss of her husband. Very true.
0: Right, yeah, good comparison there. But, yeah, I, I agree, like, pretty stylistic opening shot, uh, cool visuals here. And, yeah, there's something charming about Jeffrey, but also off-putting. I could, like, I feel like there's, like, a lot of subtext to that conversation where he's, like, kind of, uh, assuming she's married and when she's, like, no. He's, like, kind of, like, his reaction is, uh, yeah, you know, not very, like, uh, um I don't know, open or friendly. I mean, like, it's right. just kinda awkward, right?
1: And, right. And like at first he's kind of stern that she says she ate an apple and he's like, oh forbidden fruit and like you're stealing. Yeah. And then he's yeah. like, oh no, I'm just kidding. And yeah. 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 It's a really interesting dynamic here. You know, that's and, a very interesting thing since this we'll be riffing on toxic masculinity throughout the discussion of this film, but that's an interesting thing that men do i mean maybe some women do it i notice it more with men where they give like a fake stern joke and act like they're pissed and they're like no i'm just playing it's like (laughs) a weird brand of a power move yeah yeah
0: i know i never get that solid humor
1: (laughs) no no Uh, me neither
0: yeah uh but no i I think you're right and and i I think you're you're watching this movie it's called men you already have like like you kind of know in your head like this is a movie about like showing potentially evils of man right Or, or of men as a gender. So I, I don't know, I felt like watching this scene you're really hyper aware of like all the uh what is it like the passive aggressives or the underlying kind of like uh things that you know like are, are pretty normal but in, in a conversation can be seen um to be kind of uh, aggressive in a way.
1: Yeah. Are you thinking of like microaggressions?
0: Microaggressions, that's
1: what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you are yeah. yeah, the title of this movie, you know, it's uh you can almost like say it in just dis- disdainful tone like man. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, when I told people I was going to go see this, they're like, oh, it could just be a picture of a dude for like an hour and a half. Well, mostly women said that to me. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think there's the- it definitely puts an impression in your mind of like what this movie is going to be about.
1: <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, things at the guest house are going pretty well, except uh, she goes out for this walk in the woods one morning and she comes across this tunnel. Oh, it, well, I guess it like thunders and it makes her smile for a bit. And then she finds a tunnel and she's
1: like, (laughs) I wanted to ask you about that. Have you ever experienced like a profound joy from being caught in the rain? Never dude. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. It makes you feel alive. Are you serious? You've like looked up at the sky, like lovingly and smiled. Um, perhaps, perhaps yes, perhaps no. I, I can't say for sure. If I was alone in the woods and it started raining and it was like, the first time in a long time I felt alive, yeah, I might look up at the sky and smile. Wow. I
0: can I, I feel imagine. like it makes
1: you, it puts problems in perspective. Like, you can be having a bad day, and then, I did it just the other day, like, went for a long walk. It was raining, and I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't go. And then by the time I got home, I was like, I, I feel so invigorated. Like That's insane. I feel like yeah. if you're having a bad day, and you get caught in the
0: rain, it's just like, the the days like become infinitely worse.
1: Sometimes, wow. but, like, if that's the goal is to, like, be outside, then, then yeah, it can feel... Mm. So many things in life feel like the negative aspects feel so intangible. You can't even, like, wrap your head around them. But to then, like, mm-hmm. have something objectively bad happen, like, oh, it's raining and I'm soaked, and then mm-hmm. be like, it's fine. It's, like, strangely invigorating. Interesting.
0: So watching this scene, like, you felt like you
1: related with her or
0: that it was believable or... Yeah, people sometimes do smile when it starts to rain and thunderstorm on them.
1: I thought it was very relatable, very believable. I really, you know, I like nature, so I was, I was really enjoying the uh, the hiking scene here. Oh, boy, I thought it was dumb, man, and like the pacing, so slow. Like, it is a little seem- stretched out, for sure. Yeah, it takes yeah, its time. I, it does. Fair, fair criticism.
0: And then, <laughs> and then, uh, but you know, there's like a lot of underlying grief here. So uh, maybe I'm not giving her credit, her character enough uh, for what she's been through, and and we'll go over that soon. Um but yeah she comes into this tunnel and she starts like playing around with their echoes and I thought this part was also unrealistic cuz like her pitch was just like too uh melodious and harmonic I don't think that was
1: that's possible right It it showed a clear mastery of, <laughs> of vocals <laughs> Yeah <laughs> But you know yeah. we learn later that she plays the piano so maybe she's musical
0: Oh good point good point Okay. But yeah,
1: it was beautiful. I mean, you did you, if you took that aside, um, the, the fact that you found it to be unrealistic, don't you think it was a pretty striking uh, sound that was then like, oh, accompanied yeah. in the score later?
0: Yeah, yeah. I love how they brought that back later. It a, yeah, it was, a, it was a great sound and like the echoing of it and the way it was in the tunnel uh, was really well done. I was just like, there's no way someone can sing that well uh, yeah. like in a tunnel. Yeah, really there was
1: good. a little guy on my shoulder saying that, too, but I was pretty in, <laughs> entranced by this moment.
0: Nice. Okay. Well, this beautiful moment that Brian was uh, getting off with, uh, unfortunately, ends here, because uh, on the other side of the tunnel, she sees a figure get up and like start running towards her. So she uh, panics and runs out of there. Once she thinks she is safe, she's kind of catching her breath, and she turns around and there's a naked dude standing there just watching her. So again, she takes off and goes home. And then later, I think maybe the same day while she's at home doing some work, the naked guy shows up outside on the yard and is kind of stalking her and then is trying to break into the house. She calls the police and they come and take him away. Uh, what do you think of this sequence?
1: I thought it was pretty cool, and there's a long time where we see the guy out in the yard, but she doesn't. Excuse me, this is in the UK, so out in the garden, and she doesn't. Uh, So I think it builds up suspense quite a bit, and I thought it was a pretty suspenseful moment when her little Melody uh, love affair with the tunnel gets interrupted uh, by the the dude at the end of the tunnel, and he starts sprinting towards her. I thought that was pretty scary. I did too.
0: Yeah. Anytime like someone just started starts like randomly running in a movie towards someone, right? I feel like that has an effect.
1: Yeah. Anyone sprinting right at you out of nowhere is scary. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Uh, yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. This is a great sequence. And uh, that guy showing up at the house, her not seeing it, and like as the audience, you're like on edge. Like she she's got to see that guy. And uh, yeah, it it's interesting. They didn't show the police like taking him down. It kind of jumps to like uh, just her sitting down with the police, and then them kind of like being like oh, he was, we don't know who he is. He seems pretty harmless, et cetera. Um, yeah. Interesting choice not to, not to show the police like taking him up. I thought they did show the police kind of getting him,
1: getting him rounded up.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't recall, man. I feel like, uh, I'm pretty she's at sure the they door. Do
1: because I remember one of the police officers looking over his shoulder back at her. Oh, oh. Because that's when you first notice something that is unique about that police <laughs> officer. <laughs> Perhaps you didn't notice it.
0: No, I didn't. Okay. Interesting. Um, oh, was this like, so are they standing outside? Oh, yeah. They're standing in the garden arresting him and she's like by the door? Yeah, correct. Okay. Oh, I guess what they don't show is like she's on the phone. He's like hands. and He's like banging on the table and then it jumps to the police are there and like he's in handcuffs, right? Uh, can't quite remember. Okay, I don't know. I guess for some reason I thought something else like that that, that I thought that a sequence might go on longer of like her like trying to keep the door secure while he's out there like trying to break in. It gotcha. Just, it, yeah, it was, it, was, it was convenient that the police were able to show up quickly and that restless guy.
1: Well, I don't know why I'm being guarded with this element of it, but you you when he turns around, the police officer and glances back at Harper, his face is the same face as Jeffrey's, the the man who walked her around and the landlord essentially. Well, you yes, didn't I, notice that, I, I take it.
0: I, I didn't notice. Yeah, apparently that's the case, right? <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yo, when I looked at the cast of this film and there are just two people on there, I, th- I thought maybe something was wrong. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think this is a safe place to go ahead and say that every man that appears in this movie has the same face. It's all Rory Kinnear, either playing the role or being CGI'd onto the face of whoever's playing the role. So, And you caught that while you were watching it? Yeah! <laughs> wow, you weren't just. I'm like, sure um, you're not the only one who didn't catch that. Um, yeah, I think it's a spectrum of when people catch it. Uh, oh. I'll go ahead and tell you, you're you're on the slow end of the spectrum.
0: <laughs> if if I didn't but, catch it, and like I I read that like this morning on the Discord server. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, <laughs> you've had that problem since we started the podcast. Keeping faces straight, so yeah, I knew when I walked out of the movie Ashwin's
0: He's not going to catch that. <laughs> yeah. There, there was a point later on, they were showing someone's face, and it did strike me that, hey, a lot of these people, like, I wonder if it, like, I think it was like an inner monologue I had where, like, oh, a lot of white people look similar or something. Uh, but yeah, I didn't put it together that it was like the same actor. So uh, that that kind of blew my mind when I read that this morning. That's, that's
1: I don't crazy. know how to broach this sensitive subject. Oh, which one? So just sm- smack me in the face across the phone, if okay. Freddy Krueger style. <laughs> That's a good but guess. I think there have been some studies that show that people are worse at recognizing the faces of people who are racially of a different background than them. So like oh, sure. different races, you struggle to identify faces as well. Right, right. And do you have this problem because most movies are just way too white <laughs> it could be
0: but I, I I wish it was like I, w- I wish I could say this was a, a white thing but I feel like most movies I'm not counting on like people being the same people uh and yeah I just have like a bad memory of like who's who so I'm never like looking at someone trying to place them somewhere I'm just gonna be like well if I'm seeing them they're gonna tell me who they are uh and like yeah I'm not gonna try to ever like kind of connect the dots I guess
1: Uh, In your defense, it's the same assumption that everyone's a different, unique, individual person and not the same (laughs) same person. Exactly. Everyone's always someone different. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's
0: exactly it. (laughs) So I I feel like it's a problem on the opposite end of that spectrum then, right?
1: Sure. Right. right. It's the movie's problem.
0: I think so. I think it's the movie's problem here. Where name tags (laughs) again. All right. Well, um, yeah, so I guess the policeman here bears a similarity to uh, the guy, and it turns out it's the same actor, which uh, maybe someone caught, but most people probably didn't catch that. So later, uh, oh, did you, and then uh, she sits with the, one of the police officers, who's I think the one other woman, actually there, she also has a friend who we see on the phone, but uh, she sits down and speaks with the woman about like what happened here. You take anything away from that conversation?
1: I didn't think I took much away from it while I was watching. Um, mm. In hindsight, it's like one of the few other woman women in the film, and it's a comforting presence to her. Uh, right? Yeah, I think that yeah. was the, the key there.
0: I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this movie is a lot about gender, and you've got a, a female uh, policewoman here. Um, so, I, yeah, I think I think they're trying to like maybe uh, highlight like a, a sense of safety that she's feeling. Cause, yeah, because everyone else she interacts with in this movie are, are all men, which apparently they're all the same men, too.
1: Right, yeah, I, I think yeah. that was... And I think there's some, like, elements that encourage her to stay here, even though things are being totally fucked up, and I think, mm-hmm. or, or at least starting to get totally fucked up, and I think this cop, yeah. who was a woman, is part of that, as is her friend later, and I don't know that there's anything to that, but yeah, uh, I think... I think largely the reason she stays is, is two women that either comfort yeah. her or outright encourage her to stay. Yeah,
0: right. I think the the policeman like does tell her like uh um yeah, this guy was harmless. Like she does like a great job of kind of like uh, calming her fears. Um so yeah, I I think you're right. And it kinda like feeds into maybe she's out there feeling pretty isolated in this space and having this policeman come who's a woman, uh gave her that sense of security to stick around.
1: Yeah, she was basically just like he's just a smelly dude who's been living in the woods, harmless. Right. Yeah, we all have those, I think. Exactly, uh, I've been that guy. <laughs> You've been that guy
0: smiling up at the rainstorm coming in.
1: <laughs> no, I've been the smelly man. I've been I've been both characters here. Okay, cool. <laughs> I recognize that face.
0: So uh, later, Harper wanders into this church, and here I think is where we start to get more of the backstory. So. She was breaking up with her husband. We, we get a flashback um, where she's like ready to divorce him. He's not taking it well. And he's basically saying that if you divorce me, I'm going to kill myself. And uh, she's he's like putting this guilt onto her. And she's like, you can't do that. Um, he tries to read her phone, um, but she doesn't let him. So then he ends up hitting her and she throws him out of the apartment. He goes upstairs and... And I think what happens is he was trying to climb down into their apartment, but he doesn't make it and ends up falling off to his death below.
1: Is that how you understand what happened there? I think it's deliberately ambiguous. Even Harper isn't quite sure, but he broke into the people above her's apartment. And then, yeah, he either jumped from their balcony or tried to climb from their balcony onto his and Harper's balcony to break in that way. So, right. And his yeah. face looked kind of shocked as he was falling, which is not beyond somebody um, killing themselves to then be shocked at the decision they've actually yeah. made. But uh, <laughs> no. so, yeah, I don't, I don't quite know how to read that. Okay, yeah, and I it, think a lot of this movie is deliberately left up in the air, or at least, if not up in the air, open to interpretation.
0: Sure. Yeah, and I, I thought the enactment of this scene was pretty powerful. Like the emotions that were flying here, both in in the husband and wife arguing here, that was, that was pretty uh, charged. Really
1: heavy it was very charged felt pretty realistic uh mm-hmm. I mean, yeah jesse buckley gives a great performance in this movie as harper and then uh i don't know how to pronounce his name papa Sidu, who plays james her husband her yeah. late husband uh he gives a great performance as well he's very yeah. convincing it just it's kind of a painful uncomfortable scene between the two of them
0: yeah it really is yeah it it's but, um, I mean, I think, what do you think? Like, as the audience, you're kind of already seeing here, like, I don't, I don't know if you, what do you call it? This is, it's not gaslighting, but like, yeah, this, it's, it's pretty gross, like what he's doing by kind of saying that, right? That like, I'm going to kill myself if you divorce me and it's going yeah, to, yeah, go I don't know that.
1: if there's a name for that, but, uh, it is a certain brand of, yeah, I don't know what you kind of, what you call that kind of behavior. I mean, I mean and, and it's, bullying a, it's someone, a, right? what's that? You're kind of like emotionally bullying someone. Yeah, yeah, like emotionally bullying, like almost, I'm tempted to call it blackmail. That's not really it. Like, yeah. I don't know yeah. what it is. I mean, it's it's something done by someone who's not in a mentally healthy place. So it's hard to like right. 100% villainize it. But then it's also like yeah, truly horrible thing to do. So, yeah, yeah, it's complex. It really is. Yeah, this part's pretty dark. So
0: uh, while she's in this church, she's confronted by a priest who at first kind of feels like he's sympathizing with her. But then he kind of suggests that had she accepted her husband's apology, he may have still been alive. So kind of putting the blame back on her. So she's really pissed uh, by this and goes to this pub where Jeffrey is hanging out. And the police officer, the, the guy police officer who was there earlier that day, steps in and she finds out that they freed the naked guy who was trying to attack her because he seemed harmless so she gets pretty upset by that as well and she heads home so not not a great afternoon in the town between those two uh conversations um what what did you think was going on at this point because i know in the background we also see maybe someone stalking her from the woods where, where was your head like what's what's the scary element here
1: I mean, something's clearly going on either psychologically with Harper or with this town. And it's so funny because my experience watching this movie is going to be so different than your experience watching this movie because I saw a priest who had Rory Kinnear's face and I saw a bartender and a police officer (laughs) and uh, everyone had Rory Kinnear's face. There's also a really creepy... Kid outside of the church who has Rory Kinnear's face. Uh, yeah. Like a weird CGI deep fake man child thing. Oh, uh, man. Even that? You didn't notice that? Well, I just thought I was a weird looking kid. I didn't put too much to it. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man. That's All weird. Right.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I knew something was either going on psychologically or with the people in this village. Like something was up. Um, they also. Other notable things that happen there is the priest, well, vicar. They they say his he's a vicar, not a priest. I don't fully know the difference, but he like puts his hand on his knee on her knee for much too long, and you could argue any amount of time is too long there. And mm-hmm. they also uh, spend a lot of time uh, ominous visuals of a sculpture on the altar. Uh, it's like a big column, like column rock, and one side of it is, like, a a face w- that seems to have, like, plants and roots growing out of it, and the other side is a woman who's, like, spreading open her vulva.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, and those go—those will be significant later, but maybe we'll keep running through the plot, and then we can touch back on, on what those might mean.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, for, for me here, I was, I was thinking we're, we're still focused on the naked guy showing up, and he's, like, the main threat. Uh, right. I, I right. Yeah. I mean, there.
1: sure. Yeah, and that makes sense. you you see no other threats.
0: Yeah, exactly. All the same-looking people are just going by. Well, nothing, nothing
1: suspicious there. <laughs> so, oh yeah. man, so wild.
0: Yeah. I yeah. Uh, I really
1: wonder though what what percentage of people didn't notice it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious too. I'm curious too. We'll, we'll have to find out. We should take. Um, a, we should do another vote like the draft. We should. We should. I. I, I'm hoping other people. Because how often are you watching a movie and you're thinking, "Hey, I wonder if that's the same person as that person." You're never thinking that, right?
1: (laughs) No, no. Although I mean, that's a becoming an increasingly common thing. Oh, oh, like I think it was more common in like the theater, but it's not. I'm trying to think of specific movies, but I know there have been movies over the past few years where that's happened.
0: In in X, we had a little bit of that, right?
1: Right, yeah, yeah, X, yeah. there. Boom, last yeah, year 24 movie we reviewed on this podcast.
0: Yeah. Two so characters playing the same role. Right, right. Yeah, I guess I guess we're going back to that now. i got, I got to keep that in mind now when I watch movies. Right, yeah. it's going to be the same person. All right. Well, so this is where things get pretty sloppy for me, and you're going to have to let me know what, what the hell happened here. But she goes home, she's tempted to leave, but she's talking to her friend who convinces her to stay, and her friend says that she's going to drive out to her. Um, Harper sees the policeman from the bar hanging out in the yard, and she goes out to try to talk to him, but then he disappears, and some other random dude from the bar suddenly shows up and runs at her. Was this also the same guy?
1: Yeah, yeah, everybody has the same face, yeah. Okay. There's no man in this movie that does not have (laughs) Rory Rory Kinnear's face, except for (laughs) her husband. Okay. Are you sure that that guy is not Rory? (laughs) I'm sure. Uh,
0: so she runs inside. She hears a window break. Um, Jeffrey shows up, and they find out that it was a bird that crashed through the window. She insists that there's someone outside trying to get into the house. So Jeffrey goes out into the yard to see if there's anyone else out there. And while he's out there, the lights cut out, and they turn back on. And it's the naked dude again. And this time, I think he's cl- covered in like um, clover leaves or something. What, what was Yeah, that? I think he's got he's
1: got some sort of foliage on him. Okay,
0: and he blows some pulling at her face. She slams the door on him, but he reaches in through this mail slot, and she stabs his arm through with a knife, and then he pulls his hand out of the mail slot really slowly, letting the knife just kind of rip through and split his hand into two parts, which, man, I didn't see that kind of body gore coming, did you?
1: I did not either, and that is really kind of a genius scene just to even like think that up and that specific mechanism of the man the male slot it's just like yeah wow man oh, i almost God. said man slot which is kind of uh <laughs> I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself <laughs> yeah we'll there, there, there is a man <laughs> slot coming up um yeah yeah it's it's a wild it, it's i thought it was a really creative body horror scene and something uh i don't think people will forget anytime soon
0: no, yeah, it's powerful. Like, and what do you
1: do I, if your hand is through a mail slot and you're stuck because there's a vertical knife going through and you can't pull it through this horizontal slot? You just leave your hand you just, in there or pull yeah. the hand through ripping <laughs> your entire like upper, like upper, lower forearm and hand in half? I, I got it. Yeah, I got to think there's a cleaner way to do that, right? Then, I don't know. I mean, you're kind of in a pickle there. Yeah. Just like you were with your penis. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Just feet in two places. Damn. <laughs> well, he was, uh, was, do you think this was an, an imagery like uh, there to, is that similar to like penetration or like uh, um, I- anything like sexual there from like a mm. female perspective? I didn't see anything sexual there. Did you? Uh, I don't know. Um, and we've talked about how, how slashes can be like things, you know, stabbing and uh, penetrating skin, and if that's, like, an allegory, um, so I, I don't know, I thought there was a chance maybe they are going there with, like, that image of, like, a hand kind of split in two,
1: but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's interesting, and then, like, if you do have, the way the hand was split in half, you know, it kind of could, you could argue it resembles two legs, and the, yeah. there's a, yeah. Place where those legs meet. Yeah, right. yeah. Get yeah. a little dicey in that description, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which may sound like kind awkward. of sexist, even. But like when you take into the yeah. context the finale of the movie, then then maybe there could be something to that. Yeah,
0: yeah, right. So yeah, getting to the finale here, um, the kid that you mentioned earlier shows up, uh, but his arm is all jacked up. So now you realize that uh, these people, there's something like if she does something to one person, it's happening to these other people too. So these identities are kind of coming together in a way. Uh, Brian's uh, explanation is that they're all the same actor, but um, I, I think it's just a coincidence that all these people are starting to have the same effects here.
1: <laughs> they're uh, all just played by a bunch of other uncredited actors that look exactly like Rory Kinnear.
0: Exactly, exactly, and happen to have their hand uh, cut, cut in <laughs> half. <laughs> um, but then uh, he turns into the priest, and I, he gives her this big speech, Um, about, I think it's like the power of the woman over the man. And, uh, it's probably something biblical or something. Uh, and then I think he tries to rape her in the bathroom, but she stabs him. So she runs out of the house, gets into the car, tries to drive away, runs over this dude, Jeffrey, who's in the street for some reason. He gets up and steals her car, but then comes back and crashes it. We then get this really crazy sequence, and this might be the climax here where Jeffrey gets out of the car, but immediately becomes pregnant and falls over and gives birth from his uh, manhole. Is that what we called it?
1: Yeah, that's what it's called, scientifically. Manhole. Yes.
0: So out of his manhole, he gives birth to the naked dude, who then becomes pregnant, and out of his manhole pops out the kid that we saw, who again becomes pregnant, passes out, and the priest pops out of his manhole. And then the priest gets pregnant, passes out, and uh, gives birth to what is her ex-husband. So you just had like five dudes giving birth to another dude, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's an extended birth, rebirth, rebirth sequence. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Pretty graphic, uh, too. I mean, it's intense. Oh, it's, it's
1: very body horror heavy.
0: Yeah, yeah. You've seen that like crown coming out of there. It's it's brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: so yeah the
0: the, the movie ends uh, Harper sits on the couch with her ex-husband who just came out of the priest and she asks him what he wants and he says it's her love and then we jump to the next morning she her friend shows up and Harper is sitting out on the steps smiling and there's some blood all over the place so what the hell happened that night? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's all up in the air. Like, I wish I could tell you exactly <laughs> what happened, but I don't know that I can. Um, Do you have, like, an interpretation or anything? I have, like, an interpretation. Um, so the fact that they're all the same, like, person, the same man is crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there's significance to the naked man who has, like, foliage growing from him. So... And that face she sees on the rock in the church. So mm. there is a like folklore figure called Green Man, and actually the reason it like struck a chord with me is because there is a bar in Asheville, North Carolina, where I used to live called Jack of the Wood that beget a brewery called Green Man, and their logo is like this face, this man face with foliage coming from it. Oh. Um, And I actually, I found this on a website for a lodge near Asheville called Wildberry Lodge. So this is straight from wildberrylodge.com, written by Kate Randall. Uh, And she says, Have you ever walked into a forest of ancient woodlands and got the feeling that you were not alone? Many people believe that it is the green man walking with you. The green man has always been with us. He is believed to be a symbol of life, death, and rebirth. That's, the rebirth is important for that ending sequence and is a counterpart for the primal goddess of Earth, Gaia. He represents the strong reliance and union with our natural environment. He is a commanding yet comforting sight, a blend of man and forest, often with vines and sometimes flowers coming out of his mouth, ears, and nose. Uh, the artistic portrayals vary from time periods and cultural differences. Most Green Man depictions are of stone and wood carvings in churches, cathedrals, abbeys, and chapels throughout Europe, most prominently in Britain and France. For many, this serves as evidence of the strength and vitality of pre-Christian traditions and beliefs. So that's where you get the paganism element that we feel is necessary for most folk horror. Um, Most Celtic gods and goddesses were destroyed during the conversion period, but the people simply would not let go of this beautiful and spiritual figure, which is why we see it surviving alongside the Christian religion even today. And then the, the woman... Like spreading her vulva is a figure called Sheila Nagig. Uh, that was the figure on the other side of the sculpture. It's a little less clear, like what she means. Scholars have different opinions, but uh, there are theories that she is also a pagan fertility figure.
0: Okay, interesting. Wow. So there is like you. You think that guy that she found in the woods was like the that that the Green Man.
1: He is the green man, and I think it's just meant to be a symbol of, like, I think it's all kind of like a stand-in for toxic masculinity, right? Like, she she flees this horrible thing that happened with her husband due to his toxic masculinity only to come upon this town where, essentially, like, the man Earth Goddess lives, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and his, like, I think that extended rebirth scene in the climax was just symbolism of how toxic man begets toxic man begets toxic man because every man in this village yeah. shows a different breed of uh, flawed masculinity, you know, like sure uh, it's so subtle sometimes that it's a hesit- you hesitate to even call it toxic masculinity, but um, yeah just all different flavors of of what is deemed wrong with men. Um.
0: Yeah, I, I get that. Like, yeah, that that men, like, uh, like uh, the, the, these characters and, and right. these men, like, all like, come from a system of, like, kind of birthing each other, right? Or, like, uh, kind of feeding into a culture of themselves in a way, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense and, and feeds into toxic masculinity. Uh, so then with that, uh, so were all these events then a result of her running into that green man god thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what's mysterious. Like, does this true village really exist of all of, like, his offspring? Um, or is it all just in Rory's mind, or in Harper's mind, um, and she just sees everybody as the same person, even though they are not? But that would, you know, the climax would be pretty hard to explain if that's not the case, Um this is my chief complaint with this movie, and the, I share this complaint with Relic that came out a couple of years ago, which we reviewed on the podcast, where, like, the story and the symbolism are the same. Like, it's it's not a story that you can search for symbolism in. It's, like, symbolism is turned the story- into story.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Which just, it's hard. It's hard to get
0: grounded in a movie like that. I know. I feel the same way because it just feels like you're being hit over the head with a similar message just showed in like different ways, but like kind of over the top the whole time, Uh, which like, you know, it's like beautiful imagery and stuff. But it's like, yeah, we already got that idea. We get it. um, um, But like, yeah, you're not really like moving the story along or telling a a story that like captures that really well, Um, which, yeah, that that part kind of frustrated me. You You were stuck with that as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, a bit, a bit. And I think Alex Garland started working on the script like 15 years ago, Mm -hmm. and I think this comes at a time, and, you know, we're two men here, so take what we're saying with with a grain of salt, I suppose, but I think even some women are starting to get a little bit sick of the, like, man-bashing theme in movies. Not necessarily Mm -hmm. sick of it, but it's become so common just so quickly here in the last couple of years that mm-hmm. it f- this makes this movie feel less original than it would have 15 10 even five years ago oh it, interesting don't you think like it, it just seems like a little more like okay yeah we've seen this um now yeah, we I mean we haven't seen anything like this oh, this is weird <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but like yeah. we've seen this message it was in fresh earlier this year uh we always go oh, back yeah. to black Christmas for like the prime example of an anti-man movie um sure. and i'm not saying i'm pissed at they at this anti-man sentiment like it's a natural result of like the comeuppance and the me too movement and everything like that but i think sadly it's at a point in movies where people are kind of not done with it but like i think some people are a little jaded by it what, what do you yeah, think though
0: that's a good point like uh yeah i, I don't think it is uh, too original anymore uh, it has been in the media for a while now. I forgot about, like, those examples that you mentioned. Um, but I actually thought, like, th- this would be, like, a great opportunity to, like, do, like, a get-out version of uh, of that. Which, yeah, you know, Fresh and Black Christmas kind of, like, hit those notes in there. Um, but I thought this one might, be, like, do that a little bit more over the top. But not, like, so, ex- like, the way it was done. But I also think that what makes those two different is those were directed by women, right? And here you got a movie that's written, directed, and produced by... Uh, a dude which strikes me as like kind of off uh like can can he do that like, yeah right yeah i mean
1: it's a good question and he alex garland did an interview with sean fennessey from the big picture podcast where sean fennessey essentially asked him that and alex was like yeah i think so like i i can do whatever <laughs> i want like <laughs> i i need to be thoughtful and mindful about it but he essentially yeah. doesn't believe in the fact that like certain people are restricted from telling certain stories. Sure. Um, and I think it. I might agree with him. Like, because mm. then, it, I don't know, it's a dicey ground. Are you and I not allowed to discuss this movie? Are we not allowed to discuss Fresh? Are we not allowed to discuss Black Christmas 2019? Like, yeah, I get it. Like, people might be sick of our opinions on this stuff, or it might not be for us to comment on, but... Yeah. Shouldn't we still be allowed to? Like... Oh yeah, That that gets a little dicey.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. You you can totally uh, tell any story you want. Um, I think what you end up with, though, and what I felt like in this movie is it was kind of like all about one theme, one symbol, just kind of like being drilled into your head repeatedly versus... Yeah. Yeah, versus like kind of a more nuanced uh, or more like in-depth or more creative uh, and like a great like storyline. It kind of got caught in in just like the symbol aspect of the imagery.
1: I totally agree. Yeah, this movie lacks nuance. That is for sure. And uh, and there's, I've seen women on our Discord say like, "Oh my gosh, like he totally gets like the female experience." And other people are like, "Clearly, this was not written by a woman." Like, oh really? Yeah. I think so. There's even more nuance. There's the movie may not have nuance, but I think there's nuance and and difference to how different women interpret. Or, you know. Yeah. Now, I'm tempted to say interpret the world like as a woman, but yeah, that sounds horrible. I'm okay. I'm s- probably stepping in shit left and right, but uh, yeah, yeah, I I don't think it's clearly as like clearly boneheaded as it could be, having been written and directed by a man. Yeah, I, I think yeah, its biggest flaw is that it's very in your face, like, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit frustrating because. Black Christmas 2019 is a movie whose name gets dragged through the mud. It's like, Oh my God, this movie, like so over the top. And this movie, which is draped in like film nerd, like film bro aesthetic that every A24 nerd loves is going to get way more respect and, Mm. and whatnot. But it's doing a lot of the same stuff, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, they're, they're yeah. very different movies. Don't get me wrong, everybody. But right. this is a, a clear-as-day, man-bashing movie that basically tells you right up front, like, it's clear as a bell. Like it, It's so weird because this movie is, on one level, so hard to understand and, and is very nuanced. But then on the right. other hand it's not hard to understand at all and lacks nuance entirely like <laughs> yeah. the message and the theme is not very nuanced yeah, the story is very difficult to understand you, you know there's there's almost no there's no compass to get yourself oriented right you have no idea what's happening
0: yeah especially in that last act right
1: yeah right yeah um uh, how do you feel i i'm, I'm ranching or oh, raven. are you feeling not, similarly
0: I, I feel exactly the same. I'm kind of bummed that you felt that way because I thought we'd have an argument about this. But yeah, no, I felt uh, exactly the same way. There is one nuance, though. I think this brings up that I I, I don't want to like undermine. Um, so yeah, I mean, like the the headline is like yeah, men are toxic. They breed each other. Uh, I think there are a lot of like lines in here where like a character references something like a f- their father told them or like that kind of uh, mentality that like men can have and like the toxicity of it. Um, at the end, though, I feel like they try to turn the tables a little bit. I'm, I'm not sure what the impact or the message here was, but um, the idea that, like, they're just, like, yearning for her love, like, even, like, the priest in his whole dialogue, and then the last thing that, like, her ex-husband says to her, like, in, in that last scene, like, this whole time, I just wanted your love or something. So uh, it kind of made me wonder if it was, like, trying to point to, like, yeah, men are terrible, and it's, it's like, their approach to, like, love, or, like, their... Uh, how they're trying to, like, um, capture someone's love or something. Like, I, that that felt like a, I, I don't know. Did, did you get a sense they were getting into something deeper there?
1: Yeah, perhaps. And I think that, like, her getting away to this retreat and being confronted by the, like, male god of fertility is kind of in a way saying, like, hey, like, you can't avoid this. Like, toxic masculinity's existence or not. Like, men are essential to life on this planet right like mm-hmm. you you we don't we often see like a gaia or a goddess of fertility we rarely rarely see a male figure of fertility so i think it's kind of like point pointing towards hey like this is a, a necessary evil like when you read the title men like you can almost say sentences or phrases that get tacked commonly tacked on to the end of that statement like men can't live with them, can't live without him, right? That would kind of point to the theme of like, hey, here's a, a a necessary evil. Is this this god of fertility that if we want to have babies, you you need the man parts. Um, and then there's also like men, they're all yeah. the same, and right. that's right. again what this movie is doing. So I think it's actually a really clever title in that way. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of. Did you notice the like floating seed? Yeah, um, right. throughout the movie I think that mm-hmm. was symbolism for sperm yeah um, I think so and fertility yeah so and nature is prominent in, in the movie so yeah that, that I think once it's kind was... of confronting a necessary evil that like yeah. man and woman are necessary and yep. you kind of have to live with it, that sounds horrible. <laughs> I know. Deal with it, ladies. <laughs> Men
0: suck, but you got no other choice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I also think like so much of what we say about this movie may or may not be what Alex Garland intended people to find. Like I think he's mm-hmm. been kind of obtuse about what what to find in the movie. He wants people to find their own meanings. But yeah. both of the women in our story encourage Harper to stay. the The police officer doesn't outright encourage her to stay, but she, you know, she's like, okay, oh, it's just, you know, it's just is what it is. Like, everything's going to be fine now. Yeah. And her friend is outright like, no, don't let them ruin you. You can't just, like, up and leave. you got to, like, I'm coming there. Like, we're, we're yeah. not going to let this ruin your stay. Right, um right. And you can argue that the end, with her smiling at her friend when she arrives, her friend is pregnant, by the way, to hit upon that fertility theme a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. It, it could be her, like, saying a smile of like I, I i faced it you know i faced my demons and conquered them like yep the demons are how to how to live and deal with this type of of masculinity uh mm-hmm. yeah so it, it, i think there's i don't know i feel very back and forth on the movie because in many ways i agree with you like this is just like symbolism in mm-hmm. a plot
0: yeah but but it, loose plot it, yep
1: yeah, yeah. But it's also, like, p- pretty intriguing. There are some nuances to it, even though the message is not nuanced.
0: Yeah, I think I think vis- visually really intriguing. And, like, to your point, like, that uh, seed that's going around, like, that one scene with the deer where, like, it goes into the eye of a deer and it comes out and the deer's body's like, all covered in uh, uh, maggots and, like, dead. So it's, like, kind of showing, like, yeah, the necessary circle of life in a way where it's, like, yeah, this thing is sperm can be like poison but it's like you kind of need it in a way right
1: right yeah to, to, credit yeah. to uh, Mike l for bringing that that sentiment to my attention on the discord server yeah good catch
0: um yeah no i I, uh, I think I feel the same because yeah visually it's a really cool movie it has something uh it, I think it has like a great message and everything but um yeah I, I just kind of I wish I knew what happened there at the end it just kind of sucks like go through half the movie where you kind of feel like you know what's going on unless you're thrown off by all the faces looking the same. which Do you have a theory for that? Were they just short on budget? Can I hire any more people?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's open to interpretation, but I think it's... I mean, it could be interpreted in a few ways. You you could just look at it as purely psychological horror that she saw everybody as the same man and is hallucinating and, and somehow killed somebody... And her friend gets there, and it's clear that what happened really happened in, in some way, shape, or form, because her friend sees the crashed why, car in yeah. a blood trail. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So was it all a psychological freakout, and, and she sees all men as the same thing? She never notices, nor does the police officer, that all the men in the town look the same. Right, um, right. So right away, there's like this element of magical realism, and you're thrown off off kilter, and nobody knows exactly what's going on like even the viewer can't interpret what's really happening here yeah right I'll, like my th- interpretations of what happened is that there's a supernatural element here and she really is confronting like this god of fertility and mm-hmm. i think in the end her birth thing or i mean it the god the green man birthing her husband last and by the way we his he also like broke his leg in the car crash Mm -hmm. such that we saw a shot earlier in the film of her she found her husband john after the fall and his hand had been run through by a sharp metal gate and his leg has been broken and so Mm -hmm. now the green man's injuries mimic his like a stab on the hand and a broken leg yeah and he's sitting on the couch and he says Like, this is what you did to me. Like, and I think he even spells it out, like, my hand and my leg. Oh, wow. And I think in a way that's maybe part of her finally clearing up her guilt. Like, if the green man can say, look at what you did to me after he's, like, attacked her, like, a billion times and gotten Mm -hmm. a stab wound and a broken leg because of it, it's kind of the equivalent of her husband like spinning his own misbehavior onto her, like, oh. you did this to me, you're the cause of my death. I almost feel like her seeing what the green man w- was doing to her and then the fact that he could still say, you did this to me, made her think, like, okay, no, like, I didn't do that to my husband. He did it to himself. Like, uh, yeah, he he had every opportunity not to have that happen, and he, he kept going down that path. That's a great um, interpretation.
0: That, that, that's I, totally Yeah, good. I
1: don't know for sure. That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense uh, that like,
0: uh, yeah, she would see see like something so extreme and then like kind of like be able to hear that comment and it not hit her at the same way that it had hit her before.
1: Yeah, right, right. Like it takes this extreme circumstance for her to understand in her heart, like it is truly not my fault.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you think that's like her smile at the end is her realizing that?
1: I think so. Like I, I did it. I conquered it. Um, And yeah. now my friend is here. Yeah. I also like. I don't know. I go back and forth on this movie. Like, I'm alternately angry at it and and really admiring it. <laughs> even within this conversation and like all day to day. Yeah. I've been I, back uh, and forth. That's a sign of a good piece
0: of art, I guess. If it can like make you keep revisiting it in your head and like having these different emotions over it. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a feat for sure. Yeah. Agreed. But but is it enough? You want to jump to the rating or anything else? You want to call out? Well, what did you think
1: of the visual effects?
0: Oh, I thought they were all pretty good, man. Like the I I, th- I thought like the, the gore was great. Um some of the uh oh, imagery of like what you saw in the church, uh the 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 nighttime sky, I thought was really cool. The house was uh made out pretty nicely. So I I, I was down with them. What did, what did you think?
1: I thought it looked kind of silly, like the especially the CGI face on the little boy. Um, oh, and some I of the rebirthing that. scenes. Some of the rebirthing looked really good, and some of it looked like very computer generated. Really? Okay. Yeah, So that so kind of took in... me out a, a little bit.
0: Sure, sure. And uh, what about the music?
1: I loved the music. I thought it was great. I loved this the tunnel scene and her vocals, and I love that they brought it back in the score.
0: Yeah, a lot of droning going on there.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. I cool. almost thought it was maybe Colin Stetson at first.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, and her acting, I, I thought, was really strong. What did, what did you think?
1: I thought the performance from Jesse Buckley and Rory Kinnear both very, very good performances. How about yeah. you?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was, I was really impressed by her as well as the rest of the cast as yeah. well. <laughs> they did a great job. Uh, cool. Yeah, you want to jump to the rating then? Yeah, let's do it. All right. How many uh, manholes giving birth would you give this one?
1: I give it three and a half manholes giving birth. All right.
0: I, Were you Yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, you know, there's this movie is kind of like two separate experiences. It's like watching it and then piecing it together afterwards. And in Mm -hmm. watching it, I was sometimes underwhelmed by the heavy symbolism and like the symbolism essentially being the reality. But it was scary. I thought it was scary a lot of times. Like the tunnel scene, like the house, the the motion sensor light outside the house, and just the stalking throughout the house and the climax leading up to the rebirth scene. I thought it was all executed really well and was eerie and, and fairly suspenseful. Yeah. And I was, you know, I, I liked her character. There wasn't much of a story, so I, I I was a little bummed by that aspect of it, but there was enough here to keep me engaged um, and enjoying mm-hmm. the film. So just as a pure ride, I give it a 3.5, and then mm-hmm. in some of my post-viewing analysis, I toggle back and forth between disliking the heavy-handedness and, and appreciating some nuance if i look for it um even though i yeah. even early, just a few minutes ago said there was no nuance so uh and i i appreciate the complexity of it but yeah how about you that's great
0: man glad glad it was a good ride for you uh i you know i feel the same like when, when i watched it uh i was i i want to say uh the first half i agree with you pretty suspenseful uh and a lot of fun and like great theater experience second half though i feel like i was just angry the whole time like Tell me like something concrete, like what's going on here, uh, and getting pissed that like it was falling so much into imagery. So uh, I kind of came out with like a, a pretty sour taste, and yeah, given all the imagery that like was great and the, and the visuals, were cool music, great all that stuff, just the lack of a plot or clarity there really bummed me out. So I only landed on two and a half um, manholes uh, giving birth on on this one.
1: That's totally fair, man. You and I aren't into psychological horror. I mean, not that there aren't psychological horror movies we like. It's not a favorite genre of ours. And Yeah. <laughs> while I don't always need I'll use a hiking analogy, which feels apt for this movie. Like I don't necessarily need the movie to like carve the path through the woods for me, though I'm happy with that kind of movie. But I feel like I want it to at least give me a compass and this movie like didn't really give me a compass. Like Yeah. It's there's no way to know what's truly going on, right? Um, at least it feels right. that way sometimes. But, yeah, yeah, um, and e- even even so, like it's all just supernatural experience. But there's so much left un- unexplained. Why doesn't she notice that their faces look all the same? Why doesn't the cop there notice? Uh, yeah, it- it's all very curious.
0: I don't give her too much flack for the not catching right. people's Yeah, faces. that's.
1: I guess that's fair. That's fair. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that part's slightly moveable. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I it sucks because I, I feel like you have a beautiful story in here, and like if, if it is around those emotions you're talking about, about like her getting over that guilt, uh, you could have told the story and like it made a little bit more clear. Um, you didn't have to be like so abstract with it, but I guess it's great if it opens up like a lot of dialogue and uh, puts you know gets people thinking about things. I, I think that's
1: awesome. Sure. Another confusing element, too, is, like, the bad reception and, like, images on the phone when she's, like, trying to FaceTime and text messages oh, yeah. that she receives. Yeah. Just unexplained.
0: I bet there's, like, if you watch it, there are, like, so many different layers to this. You could, like, little things you could pick up on here and there. Right, right, that yeah. That have some random meaning. Like, the the apple she picks at the beginning is obviously some kind of Adam and Eve thing, I imagine.
1: It is, kind of. right, yeah. But then you have a hard time, at least I do, running that through Like, (laughs) okay, if she's Eve, like, how do I weave that into the movie? Like Exactly. I I think it goes back to, you know, two sides of the same coin necessary for human existence. Uh, Sure. Not unlike the uh, Sheila in a gig, you know, woman spreading out her vulva was on the opposite side of the pillar as the green man, you know, two sides of the same little pillar there. So, yeah, I, I think that, some sort of like finding a way to either finding a way to harmonize or saying like this is just the nature of of the conflicting relationship of man and woman mm-hmm. um and i yeah. feel bad cuz i feel like some part of me is like sending a message of like ladies just deal with it like that's not what i'm trying to <laughs> say at all but uh
0: yeah but yeah it is kind of capturing that uh, at the end i feel like that that like everlasting conflict and like right. the Danger. Yeah. So as men. much
1: as it's like man shaming, it's also just like, hey, like, kind of has to work this way.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not this way with toxic masculinity, of course. But yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting message. Uh, all right. Well. Cool. Any anything else?
1: Uh. No. I think that's all.
0: Okay. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for our discussion on men. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts that's going to help other people find our show and we always welcome the feedback if you want to join the discussion you can find our social links on horrormovieclub.com or shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com we're going to announce next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode we're also on Discord where we are chatting up with a few other horror fans you can find the link for that on our website our logo is by Emu May Pop Art so check her out on Etsy.com and until next time, if you see a naked, smelly dude hanging out outside of your house, smiling when it's raining, it's probably Brian. Your best course of action is to go up to him, make a draft list, and win some jukebox swipe before <laughs> the police get him.
1: And then put it on me so that I'm not naked in <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to yeah, be naked like- until it
0: shifts. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Three to five (laughs) days.
1: I'm having a life moment out here in the rain.